the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? I'm real well. How about yourself? You took a couple weeks off for a vacation. Did you get some downtime yeah. in? Yeah, it was it was very nice. It was uh, about as much off the grid as I could possibly get. <laughs> does that mean you were contributing to the economy, or does that mean you were hurting the economy because you weren't at work? Well, my production was down, but the company owed me money anyways because I have vacation days, so it wasn't uh, wasn't anything on that respect. And I spent more money than I normally spend, so I was probably contributing to the economy more than I was uh, taking away. You know, I love it when you talk economics on vacations. Um, so, yeah, you are a true uh, economist for sure. Uh, anything happen that you had to catch up with in the economy while you were away? Well, I was looking at that retail sales report that came out last week. That, okay. to me, was really, really bad, um, especially in light of the higher-than-expected inflation numbers that we saw um, yesterday. So it's beginning to look like, you know, the consumer isn't really all that strong. You know, we, we, we had this, you know, false hope, I want to say, that, uh, you know, weather conditions kept consumers on the sidelines in the, in the first quarter, which led to that, you know, negative GDP print, and things were going to get back to normal as weather conditions returned to, you know, returned to more normal levels. And, you know, I've been harping for months that I didn't think that was true, and I think that you, this, this retail sales report confirmed that. You had, Virtually no growth anywhere, um, and higher prices, which means we'll probably have, you know, negative real uh, um, spending numbers at least for that month, and, and that's not good. So the consumer's not that strong. Where does that lead us? So we've been in a jobless recovery now for five years. It feels like it's uh, not getting much better. Are we just stagnant for the foreseeable future? It's. You know, turning into this prophecy of this new normal situation where we're growing at a level that doesn't see much uh, stronger acceleration, you know, this 2%, this ugliness, you know, and that's the way it, it seems to be staying. You know, if you take out, uh, you know, Obamacare you know, from the first quarter and you would have an even worse print because you had a lot of people, you know, getting medical care that didn't get medical care in the past and, and things aren't aren't looking good for that, you know, for the consumer in general. Uh, it's one of those situations where, you know, I've been hoping at every coming quarter that this will be the quarter that, you know, we get some animal spirits going, we'll get, you know, a big increase in spending, you'll see businesses start investing and, and everything will move. But, you know, everybody's afraid and, and there's no, you know, spender of last result that, uh, out there and uh, things are slow. What about the Fed Open Market Committee? Are they having an effect? Are they not helping the economy with the lower interest rates? What's your 
I mean, they're doing all that. they can, and, and I put out a report right before I left um, talking about you know, one of the big uh, expectations I had was that you'd see consumers start spending significantly because you have low rates, and as consumers reduce their debt loads, you would have the opportunity to uh, take on a little bit more debt considering where the interest rates are and you could afford it, and you drive consumer growth and you drive the economy forward. But the people that need the spent need the debt, they don't have the ability to get it. I mean, there's still tough constraints on, you know, the mid-level credit guy. You know, the guy with uh, a credit score below 720. You know, these aren't typically subprime, but they're not, you know, normal considering you know upper-level prime guys. And they just don't have credit available. So without the credit available, there's nowhere to go. And if you have interest rates at zero, but you can't take advantage of it because you can't get credit, there's no point to it. And I think that's what uh, you know the economy is seeing, is that interest rates are so low, but the people that need access to credit that would embrace these low rates don't have access. So it's not giving as much oomph to the economy as you know a model would suggest. Is there a way to fix that, or is the problem just lenders are, are too nervous and they're not going to listen to, you know, prods and incentives from the government? Yeah, you either need to have some sort of government-type system of lending, which we saw with Fannie and, uh, Fannie and Freddie during the height of the, uh, the housing bubble. is probably not the best thing you want your government involved in, but, you know, you've you got to do something to try to spur, uh, you know, banks into lending, and... You know, I don't know what that is. You know what, what that can be. You know, Europe is trying a new situation by charging negative um, interest on uh, excess reserves, but at least in uh, you know the the U.S. that's more of an accounting identity as opposed to an actual fix, and it's really not a way of uh, of changing lending uh, behavior. So. I, I don't really know what can be done to spur lending to the people that need it. Let's change topics and talk a little bit about Bitcoin. I saw recently that they've signed on to sponsor a, a bowl game. And to me, that's it's going to be called the Bitcoin Bowl. It's going to be replace the Beefo Brady's Bowl, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about that out loud. What's your thoughts on Bitcoin? Is it going to be legit? Because stories like that legitimize it in the eyes of the public. It's still so, you know, shadowy, I should say, that I don't know how it's going to be a major player in the general public. You know, you keep hearing stories of, uh, you know, people's wallets being stolen. The new story of the day is that all new Bitcoins are being uh, developed by one conglomerate which means that it's really not a decentralized location, and the one conglomerate can hide when they create Bitcoins so that they could double-use them. And It's one of those things where you know, it's going to be very difficult in the short run to be a common currency that the public will use in a general way. And it's expensive, too, you know, to get involved in it. And I don't know if you know, the normal conservative... Um, uh, player is going to get involved in that. Okay. That's good commentary. I'm glad you have an opinion on that. Anything that you're working on right now that we should 
be talking about in the next couple of days? Uh, anything that you've seen develop? I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, people are going to spend a lot of time focusing on this FOMC meeting to see if we get any more hints on uh, when interest rates are going to start moving up. Um, I know here at Briefing we're spending a lot of time uh, looking at these dot points because clients seem very interested in them and, and wondering how, you know, the FOMC participants are focusing on economic growth and when they see rates going. I would put less emphasis personally on that um, than others are, but you know, it, it's something to take into consideration, and it's probably going to be pretty market-moving today. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm looking at the disconnect that we've seen recently on um, the Fed funds futures rates. They, they've increased significantly over the last week. Um, right now, rates are expected to rise uh, in mid-2015, but it's... Uh, we're at the best or, you know, the, the strongest outlook, the most hawkish outlook in terms of rising interest rates since March. And at the same time, however, we haven't seen a move in the 10-year. And the 10-year is, you know, at two, was it 58 or 260. Back in March, it was, you know, over 270, 275. So we're still, you know, we would expect it, you know, these things to play out to show that uh, overall the rising interest rates are going to, to move long-term rates, but that's not happening, and I'm trying to figure out why. Okay. Thanks very much. That's um, Dr. Jeff Rosen, uh, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. Briefing provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. You can find out more at Briefing.com. He's with me every Wednesday at this time. So we have that going for us. I think he's a very bright guy. For him to be sounding a little disparaging on the U.S. economy tied towards retail sales, it gives me you know, the insight to change the way I invest my portfolio. An economist certainly, certainly has a lot to add. I'm not counting on the consumer middle class uh, from basic commentary from Dr. Jeff Rosen. And again, is that a blanket statement? It is. And you, you die by blanket statements on Wall Street, so be careful on that. Uh, do not take it into, like, hey, I'm, I'm selling everything with my car companies. It's a little different. Cars are actually doing pretty well, all things considered, in the world of retail sales. Maybe I want to buy, eh, maybe like a clothing company, something that people don't absolutely positively have to upgrade. Then again, there's like teenagers, and teenagers absolutely positively do have to upgrade, Sometimes for growth reasons, but also for, you know, impressing their friends. I've got a friend who uh, has a young son, I want to say like 11, 12 years old, somewhere in that ballpark neighborhood. And uh, he plays baseball. And the kid has to have a $300 bat. Has to have it. Um, And I find that just obnoxious. There's Nike shoes, there's Nike socks, there's certain heights that you can and can't have as a kid. Um, and I just go back to my childhood, and there were no $300 bats. There's things I had to have, for sure. I probably harassed my mother with video game wants and desires. Anyhow, CFP Chad Burton and myself are going to be doing a big event Thursday night, 6.30 to 9 at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. It's tied towards income and retirement. It's tied towards basically making sure you've got everything going the right direction in retirement because you don't want to have to go back to work 
when you're 75, 80 years old to pay the bills. Take a break here. Be right back. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Starting off in Richmond and this traffic report brought to you by... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.